back, Trusty. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> it has been a while for sure. Yeah. Do you know the last time we recorded? Um, I want to say it was like in September. No, I think it might have even been like October. It's been a few months. Yeah, it's been a few months. So update me on everything that's happened in your life so far. Um, what's training been like? The last time we talked, I think you were injured, right? Yes, but <laughs> before we get to me... The, I do remember the last time that we recorded, you were about to run a 5K and you promised to update our audience, which you didn't do. So even before we get to me, I want you to tell me how that went and how it's been going. Have you been sitting on this this for podcast a while. topic for, for a, a while. while? For a while. Wow, I completely forgot about this race. Um, Garden State. Garden State Track Club 5K, yes. Uh the previous, you the previous race I ran there, I got second. There was um, a prediction involved. Oh, God. I probably said I was going to run, what, 1430? <laughs> I think it was a, a bit under that, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not break 15. I ran... I don't even know what I ran. I ran, like, 15, 12, something around there. Yeah, I think I think it was 15, 14, but... Yeah. It, the 5K is just such a gross event i'm not good at it at all so um i think i'm done for 5k for a while i'm, <laughs> I'm going back to the miles if there are some on the track which garden state track club just released a schedule so hopefully i can get into some of those meets um and race unattached yeah all right well <laughs> enough about my terrible races because i could bring up some races that you've run and <laughs> make fun of you for minutes on end um you the last time we talked you were injured Yes. And you're coming back from injury. You took, how long did you take off? I took off like completely two months. And then there was that phase afterwards where it's kind of like rebuilding steady. Yeah. And if for people that don't know too much about running, like a month off is kind of a big deal. But once you have two consecutive months off in a row, you're almost like starting over from scratch. You'll probably still have aerobic fitness, right? But I... Yeah. Once like, you hit the two month mark, you're kind of like at a reset. Right. The, the thing that I compare it to is that we take off three. I take off three weeks during summer, and that is like to fully reset the body. That is meant to like fully recover you, um, and then you're meant to build. And everyone knows how you feel after a summer. You feel like kind of like you've been swept on off your feet. So, uh, two months. It was a difficult, difficult period to come back from. Oh yeah, I I can only imagine. I've never come back from injury. Well, like that for, I was gonna say for, <laughs> for, for, for average people, you obviously take off seven months in a row, and it doesn't even phase you because of your long walks and whatnot. But <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So you came back when? Do you remember the day you started running again? Ah, uh, no, I don't remember to the day, but it was it was in November. I want to say. I honestly don't. I honestly don't remember. It's like a distant, distant memory now. But, um, but yeah, it was right before I had to fly back home because everything was the canvas here was closing. So, yeah. Well, so we filmed or we had our last podcast. Probably it might have been late October, early November. Actually, now that I'm thinking of it, and campus pretty much shut down. There was a bunch of COVID cases. You went back home to Iceland. I got back. I got sent back home to New Hampshire because I had to quarantine because I was a close contact. So craziness was happening. You go back home and you just kind of probably put your head down and started grinding mileage, I'm guessing. Yeah. So I just started to run consecutive days, I remember. So I was running every day at that point, which was like big for me, but it was only like four mile, five miles a day. So 
um, really some baby steps compared to what I was doing before that. And I uh, had to like dig pretty deep, for being honest, like, and, uh, you know, go, because it's kind of like being back to square one. And, and at that point, everyone is in great shape around you and you kind of have to, have to witness that happen while you take a step back and, and grind. But but I was also thinking, it, you know, it can't happen at the best time because I was able to be away and get that other two whole month period of coming back before we return to campus and then another month before uh, the conference championships, which are just finished. Yeah. Well, not not yet. I'm, I'm still going to talk about your training. You, so two months, you had two months. Yeah. Two months solid at home. You coming back to the United States. Uh, you flew into where? Boston? Boston. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. What did, you, what did you do after that? Flew into Boston, um, made a pit stop in uh, the New Hampshire, mm-hmm. the singular most remote place on planet Earth. Um, yes, Trusty actually came in to stay at my house, met my family, His met my dog. dog. My dog loved Trusty, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> he did a workout. He, he got the whole experience. He oh, ate all of, all of my snacks, actually. <laughs> I came I came back home from work one day and my whole entire snack drawer was gone. Yeah. But nah, it was a, it was a, it was a fun trip. It was a good environment to run in, but yeah, we did that workout at what, Dover. Yeah, the Dover, Dover High School track. Honestly, that workout, I didn't say anything at the time, but I didn't think you were as fit as you are or I didn't think you were going to get to the fitness level you're at now from watching that workout a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't it was, pretty. It was not pretty. I mean, like it was one of the worst workouts of the year probably for me. I mean, the pace was quick, but I was not where I wanted to be. And it was uh, it was the workout before I returned to the group. So um, I was I was a bit worried of where I was at compared to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, you were on a struggle bus. Okay, so coming to New Hampshire, you almost miss your, your train, partially yes. my fault. Uh, you get back to New York safely. You quarantine. You get back on campus. Running with the teams going well. We start preparing for cross country NEC championships. Walk me through. Are feeling good? Like go, leading up to it. I was no. I was not feeling good at all. And like I was pretty low about it. Or try to, but my whole hope was that I'd been feeling so bad because I've been alone for so long. And and as soon as I kind of came back to the group, I was hoping that there would just be a weight lifted off my ankles, but. It wasn't, that wasn't really the case, but things did get a lot easier um, once you're back in the group. But um, then that, I guess that following few weeks, I just kind of regained some confidence and, and some fitness and, and uh, got back to got back to the level where I wanted to be. But um, this is definitely leading up to uh, conferences. I, you know, we kind of had that timeline mapped out. It was definitely the least confident I've ever been. I remember a month from, a month from, a month ago, when I knew there was a few weeks to go, I, I I remember comparing myself to where I was in the last couple of years, and I just didn't feel like I was at the same the same point. And this year definitely had probably the most amount like on the line. And I don't know if anyone follows like NCAA Division One cross country, but if you won your conference championship, you got an auto bid to run at nationals. So yeah, I can only imagine kind of coming back from this two month period of like not training, having like a bad workout and like kind of this inconsistency in training and travel and kind of the area of era of COVID 
maybe being a little nervous going into conferences weeks leading up I can only imagine kind of how you were feeling but did you like gain any more confidence as like uh, the time approached or were you still kind of in that like area of like unsure yeah well so yes there was a lot on the line and uh, for me it's always I mean like at this point in my collegiate career it's kind of like I know what's expected of me and 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 I mean, people are pretty vocal about it. I was, you know, I was, I was meant to challenge for that first one. And that was kind of mine to be taken away from me. But, um, I, yeah, I, I did get more confident definitely as it, as our time passed and I, I got in some, some workouts, <clears throat> pretty much the same workout that I did at, at Dover Shack. We did a similar one later and I, just, I crushed that one. So, um, I knew that I was, I was fit and ready to go, but at the same time, um, it was, a weird time because we hadn't raced in so long. I hadn't raced literally in a year. And yeah, even I was about then, to say, yeah. th there was no races leading up to this. It, your last race was actually IC4A's indoors, which was probably, I think it was like March 11th or yeah, something. Yeah, which we talked about, which was oh, yeah. awful. So I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't have, any, and no time trials. Not, so most schools, most athletes have had at least been doing like time trials and and uh, some some got races in whatever but people kind of had a much better feel of their fitness i had nothing so um it was just that weird feeling of like you completely remove yourself from that competitiveness with that comp you know competitive environment and you hadn't been in it for so long um everyone has their own routines and 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 just kind of things to get themselves going so um more than anything it was also that i just i didn't know there was so many uncertainties so i didn't know what to expect of myself because effectively the most important race maybe of my life was a season opener yeah it season and it could have been like the last race of this year almost yeah kind of thing. yeah first and last type situation so hotel room travel you were all were you nervous at all like uh then yeah definitely i mean like i um there's no secret. I get I get very nervous before races, but I think I was for the, at this time I was able to kind of keep it um, under control. So I wasn't um, I was able to kind of control it at the time, and and even though I was very nervous, I also just kind of thought that I would run my race and try and be confident. And uh, and I think as time passed and as it got closer, I kind of gained more confidence because it's kind of that. You're almost like nervous of that period when you have to be waiting for it. It's like that anticipation. So I heard there was dead silence in your hotel room. Actually, it was a it was a pretty silent hotel. Who, who was your roommate? <laughs> Anthony, Pennsylvania. Bensey. Yeah, yeah, we call him Bensey. An incredible freshman on the team. He deserves a shout out. Yeah, he does deserve a shout out. What, what was he doing in the room? <laughs> Not on his phone. I'll tell you that. No, no entertainment of any sort. This man leaves his phone on his desk, sits on his bed with his back up against the wall and is just looking straight ahead. When normally people would be looking at the TV, he was looking at air. Oh, I, wow. I value my time before races. I'm, yeah. I'm on YouTube a lot. I put on a bit of Netflix, Hulu, whatever, to kind of spread the mind. He, he, just, he takes it all in. So I found out some information today that makes you sound like a terrible teammate. It was Anthony Bentevenga's birthday the day before conferences. While you're sitting in the room next to him in dead silence, this man was celebrating a birthday and you didn't say anything to him. Trusty hates being put on the spot. Right now, Trusty is shaking his head in dead silence. No, no, no. It's okay. 
Anthony's the type of kid that would never tell you it was his birthday. I just learned today that it was his birthday. 80% of the team just learned that it was his birthday. This is the funniest story ever. We were making fun of the fact that he didn't say anything in his hotel room. And it was his birthday. Can you believe that? Ben, 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 Happy birthday, Ben. I'm so sorry. Yeah, if oh you're listening God. to this, Listen, Anthony. He wasn't even on his phone. Or... Yeah, I know. Was, that's, not, that's, when oh I heard God. it was his birthday, I was like, what? No, you said he was staring at a wall. No, because people have been asking me what, what kind of a roommate he is. And I said, I said this kid's not even on his phone because he left his phone on the desktop and it was buzzing. So, but, yeah, so, happy so, birthday, no, Ben. So I, was, I was like, oh, his group chat, the group chat's on fire, but Ben C's on a walk. But it was probably people wishing him happy birthday. Oh my god! Yeah, you are a terrible teammate. Oh my teammate. god, no, <laughs> no. He he's like such a such a humble, like down to earth, like modest person. He's he's the kid man. that you wouldn't even know it was his birthday, and he would never tell you just because he doesn't want you to like go out of your way to make it special. <laughs> oh my no! Every, anything he said was like offering me snacks that he had in like his coconut butter spread and like. His co- he offered you his coconut butter spread. Yes, and I, I, wow, wow. <laughs> can, we, can, can we move on? <laughs> he had, <laughs> he had an incredible race, though. We can talk about that. But NEC's yeah. day of um, set up the situation for me. I'm gonna set it up a little bit, but it's at Bryant University. No spectators. I wasn't allowed to go. Um, our teammate Robbie, who was on the last podcast, uh, Robbie wasn't allowed to go cause he doesn't have eligibility. Um, so it's just you guys, just the two co- or three coaches and you guys are at Bryant university on a golf course. Cause it got changed last minute. Right. right? Well, so yeah, the course got moved. I try to kind of distance myself from i try and not overthink things so i don't even like i wasn't even looking at the nec tweets or that twitter account so i saw it got moved but i actually thought it got moved somewhere on the bright campus so i wasn't aware and so literally on the bus when someone said that we're racing in massachusetts come to find out that it was on a golf course uh, set up by a brian alumni who works at the at the golf course um so he oh, he s- works at the golf course? He, he said it was his golf course. I don't know the whole backstory, but... Um, I actually meant to ask you that. We had raced against him before. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Brian yeah. alumni, yeah. So mm-hmm. he used to be in a mile and still runs in and uh, and uh, supports the NEC a lot. So he set it up last minute because... And he came up to me and he said that he was just not going to let... He was gonna, he was not going to allow it so there'd be no conference. So... Um, and then I heard from coach, our coach Stacy, that they were like desperately trying to set it up last minute because Bryant couldn't hold it where it was meant to be. And I was excited because I thought, you know, I had some fond memories from the course at Bryant, so I was sad to see it being moved. But but yeah, so I got set up at this golf course. We show up, we do the the walking because we'd never ran that before. But I guess no one else had either. But we did the walking over the over the course essentially and I remember just looking around and like looking at other people's expressions and being like there's no way that this is a you know a conference cross-country course because it's in shambles like the concrete is broken that it's muddy there's tight turns um it was meant to be a proper road race but you know the the concrete was so broken I wasn't even sure if we were going to get the benefits from it being on road yeah I got to see like some some of the FaceTime video of it and it's imagine like a 
uh, not well-maintained golf cart path that like cut into extreme mud that had been like there because of melting snow and then gravel and then more asphalt in a parking lot and loops and turns and hills and bumpiness. It just looked not fast at all, but and end of the day, people ran well, right? Yeah, I mean, the times were pretty, at the end of the day, it was on road for the most part. So the times were going to be pretty quick. But at the same time, there was there was hills. Like I said, the concrete was broken. It was muddy where it was grass. Um, the turns were very high. Even in the girls' side, they they um they slipped on the last turn and just flat on their on their bottoms. And I think more people um did. So you know, it was it was a tricky course for sure. And and uh. You know, I remember just walking it half an hour until we needed to warm up and you're looking around being like, this is difficult. And also, there was one part, so we start in a parking lot and uh, I think people who looked it up saw it. So we start in a parking lot, but we do two loops around it and the turns are so tight. And also the golf cart path is literally like, I don't know, like a foot and a half wide, like no, a meter and a half wide, so maybe like six feet. It was so slim, you can only fit three bodies side to side so we knew from the gun that it was going to be a dead out sprint for place because there is no way that you can pass anyone except swinging way wide um and so you know a bunch of tactics that were in play um so yeah difficult course so give me like a one minute quick walk through what happens walk so, me through it so yeah so Essentially, I wasn't I wasn't sure what I was going to do personally because I wasn't sure what the field was going to do. But essentially, they go out pretty quick, and it was me, and um, I went straight to the the top pack. But there was other people taking the lead, notably John Wang from uh, from Mount Saint Marys, and also uh, Jason Dolan, a rider from Bryant. They took it early. They pushed the pace, and and it was a a, a pack of front three to five guys for like three miles, I'd say, and then. Um, closing in on mile four, I started to create a little bit of distance and maintained essentially like a uh, five to ten second gap on the next man until until the finish. But um, but yeah, so that that was from my point of view. And then obviously we yeah, had, and and you had the based off of the timing website, you had the fastest close in the field, like a four fifty mile. Yeah, so, but pretty even the split because the average was like four fifty three. Ending spoiled. You win the conference. Yeah. Men's team, the 2021, or it would be 2021 or 2020. 20, yeah, it was meant to be. I mean, it was 2020, 2021. Yeah, 2020, 2021, NEC, Northeast Conference, Men's Cross Country Champions, Champions Wagner College. Um, were you surprised at all, or did you think that you guys had a shot at winning? We had a shot, and we definitely, that was our goal. But again, though, you 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 never know. You don't know what freshmen are being recruited for other teams. We had been predicted first, and, and we have all the confidence in the world at this point. So, you know, that was our mentality coming in. Was like we're we're here to 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 win. Um, Let me walk you through my experience of the race. Okay, so yeah, go for it. Leading up to the race, the conference had said we're gonna put it on video. Everyone's gonna be able to see it. It's gonna be at on Brian's campus. It's gonna be beautiful. Blah blah blah. The day before, they say it's going to be on a golf cart path. Probably less than 24 hours before the race, they say, we're not even going to live stream it. So I'm like, what? I can't, one, I can't go. Now, two, I can't even see what's going on. So uh, day of, I was like, I need one of the girls or someone at the race to FaceTime me or to go on Instagram live, which 
I don't want to like talk bad about the NEC, but they, they didn't have a single person that could go on the NEC live and like live stream the race on Instagram. But beyond that, I, I was able to finally get a live stream. Shout out to Lauren. She, she was able to FaceTime me and, um, get the race going and gun goes off. I saw you out in front. Um, and you had a good lead, uh, after like the mile, I wasn't really worried about you. Um, Next up behind you, Anthony, your roommate. Yeah. Post birthday, <laughs> by out, the way. Shout out, Benzie. <laughs> shout out, Benzie again. You want to wish him another happy, happy birthday? Happy birthday, Benzie. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was running the race of his life. He was like kind of in no man's land behind a pack. Um, and then there was like no one really behind him. And then our boy Dom. Dom's actually listening. He's a live audience right now, believe it or not. Our boy Dom was grinding out there. Um, and then... Will Cuthbertson, I'm watching this race and Lauren's got the FaceTime on this corner and I'm looking at him and I just watch him turn this corner and I'm like, oh my God, Will has one shoe. Can you believe he ran? Will Cuthbertson ran the last, like, was it 3K or 2K? It was three. It was almost two miles, yeah. Almost two miles with one shoe. Uh, and on just, mostly concrete. On yeah, think about what we were talking about. This course is terrible <laughs> i wouldn't even want to run it with shoes on <laughs> and i i watch it and i'm just like oh my god will has one shoe and then i saw uh coach bud coach bud runs over and grabs his shoe i'm like he ha they're gonna make him put it on there's no way he's gonna run with that one shoe believe it or not he finished with one shoe crazy and he had what it had to have been the second fastest third, or third fastest yeah, no. close with one shoe <laughs> which means that in a pack of division one like proper runners like decent collegiate athletes this man with one shade was blowing past him like i i just i want to know what was like going through people's minds seeing will with his one shade running past him but actually a year ago he twisted his ankle so he has yeah he has some horrendous luck when it comes to the cross country i was just so frustrated watching that i was like did, did this idiot, even though it's like not his fault. I don't know. Maybe he didn't tie his no, shoe. No, yeah, because well. even you see on like mile two, because they had the they had the Twitter updates at the NEC instead of in the live feed. You see, I was watching the the videos back, and his shoe is untied like two miles in. Oh man, this kid! I <laughs> he never like ceases to surprise me. I know. So after Will, so we we have you in the one, Banty in the two, my boy Dom in the three. Shoeless Will in the four, and then huge gap. I'm talking 20th place now. Mahmoud Abdallah. I'm like watching this on live. I'm like, what is he doing? The, the race is over if Mahmoud does not move up. And pretty much race goes by. Nothing else happens. There's not much more movement other than um, you guys catching uh, Dom and like Will catching a few guys. And that's it. And... 1K to go, I'm like, if Mahmoud doesn't move up or right here, the race is over. I thought you had got you guys had lost. I hung up the FaceTime on Lauren. Mahmoud hadn't moved up any further in the race. I'm like crying, throwing my phone. I'm like, it's over. It's over. The fifth mount guy crossed. The fifth CCSU guy crossed. And then there's Mahmoud. I get a FaceTime call two minutes later from Lauren. She's like, they won. I'm like, what? What do you mean they won? And she's like, day one. And then the first person she freaking hands the phone to is like, Mamoon. He's like, we did it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, one point. And I was like, oh my gosh. I hadn't really thought. I just thought like from the numbers, fifth place. If you put 
your fifth runner in front of another fifth runner, um, the last score, you're probably going to lose. But the Mount and CCSU, their fourth and fifth runners were like right in front of Mahmoud. So we had stacked the top few spots. And because they were finishing fourth and fifth way further back towards the 20s, they obviously were going to score more than us. And if you know cross country, the low score wins. So we just barely won. And it's worth <laughs> mentioning that Mahmoud was predicted 61st. When that the, was just disrespectful. When the ratings <laughs> came out. So he pulled that out of nowhere. But to be fair, it's, it's been coming. It's been brilliant. He works oh, hard. Yeah. We've always known he's capable of it, but um, up to now he just hasn't been able to produce it at his his uh his you know best level. Um, but when we needed it most, and and this is why this was so impressive this year for our team because we knew that we could do it, but everyone needed to to run to their best like capabilities. But the rest of the conference kind of did the same thing. There weren't that many bad performances. Oh yeah, and and back to Mahmoud, an amazing performance, like super gutsy, and you think. They only won by two points. So, like, at any point, like, if Will had stopped to tie his shoe or, like, if Mahmoud didn't, like, race to the line to beat that one kid, the race is pretty much, like, almost over. It The whole, the top three was separated by, like, four points in total. So, like, one or two small things happen and just you're not in it anymore. So, everyone had to be on and, like, you guys came and you guys delivered. And I think when Lauren FaceTimed me and said that, that was like just such an exciting moment. And I wish I could have been there, but like I can only imagine what it was like. So give me a brief summary of the celebration that you guys and like how you found out or in the second you found out you won, how you felt and like who was around you. I'm so I finished the race and then I, I look around and I get the hugs from the coaches and everything. Cause first they congratulate me from, for being first, but then I, you know, after that brief moment, you're obviously thinking about the team. Um, so I look back and I'm I'm talking to uh, some of the other guys that finished behind me, and I'm trying to look at our people coming in. And then I see Mahmoud rush to me, and, and he says I was uh, 19th. And so at that point, I I figured it was a lock. I stopped counting bodies. So you know, I I was like, I'm so proud of you. I'd go up to everyone, i ask Will, i ask Ben C, where everyone was placing, and they all said, you know, Mahmoud was 19th and and uh, Ben C was 6th and, and, and so on. So I thought it was a look, but then I, I went and looked at the, the scoring table and uh, they had a one-point difference, but they wouldn't say to who. They just said one point, you and CCSU. And then I saw the mound also pretty close. Um, and there was, I tell you, there was dead silence between, and and every single coach looking at the screen um they were like trying to hold us like they were trying to push us back so to not like influence whatever they were, they were trying to focus on like the scoring because they had messed something up i think first of all they had me coming in second can i can i ask you this real quick yeah you you crossed the line and um you're clearly like i didn't even need to watch it like i knew you were gonna win the race but like then just watching you pull away from the field i was like Ah, he's got it. He, easy win. You finish. Coach Stacy comes up to you and goes, "You lost." <laughs> and from what I hear, he was like, "You lost. Someone beat you." Um, Trusty had lapped someone, <laughs> and and that person had crossed the finish line. And for a second, you thought you had lost the race. Well, so it was a little bit more cynical. This one is he comes up to me and he's like, "How did you lose? <laughs> 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 How? Like, cause uh." 
You were like, so far ahead. How because, did you lose? Because he was he was somewhere standing at some of the splits, and he he was like he saw me pull away and saw the gap and and knew it was a lock at that point. And then and then he comes up, so he's like, "How did you?" Lose? And then because you're so like your head is blurry when you finish, so he's he told me I cross the line. And it's like the first thing he said to me. So I'm like going through my head. I'm like, "Did I lose? <laughs> like, did anyone pull away? Like." Because it's also happened, like, I've lost track of laps in races. I can't, you know, you just kind of, like, lose that common sense of being able to think. Like, because you're exhausted, you're the eye chaser, like, the whole, the whole lot. So, for a brief moment, I was like, did I lose? But then the mount coach came up to me and he's like, no, 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 you won. Like, <laughs> the other team is like, <laughs> no, bro. Team, like, Stacey had no clue. What is your coach thinking? <laughs> literally. Because he just figured it was a lock and then he just walks away, I guess. Yeah. So... So that is the NAC Conference Championships, and that brings us to nationals now. You, yeah. I'm, I think you're probably the first distance runner or middle distance runner ever to qualify for Wagner to go to nationals. That must be an amazing feeling. Um, and like you're the only person like I know on a like really close level that's qualified for nationals. So I am beyond excited. Like I'm gonna not sleep the night before i know i'm putting it on my tv people are coming over to my room to watch we're all super hyped um i know do you feel like you have a lot of pressure on you coming into nationals i know actually i feel like i have very little pressure because um you know like you said there's no one i i doubt people there even know wagner college <laughs> you know so even though but we are gaining reputation now finally um but it feels like I'm just kind of the underdog, and, and in a way, it's a certain victory to to be there. It was a goal of mine. Um, they ever since I started doing cross country to make nationals, and it's always kind of been a little, you know, a little out of sight. And finally, this year, it was like the golden opportunity to to make it. Um, and I was so happy that I was able to uh, capitalize on that. So, so now it feels just like I can. I, I've got the hard part out of the way, and I can kind of go and, and run my race and then whatever happens happens like i um but with that being said i'm not just i'm not just satisfi- satisfied by making it i obviously want to want to run well and i'm gonna you know lay everything on the line um expectations are low but um i'm gonna run my hardest and hopefully pull out some upsets yeah, does Nico Young know that you're not in 100% fitness uh, right now? I think he's shaking a little bit, even though he won't admit it. Yeah, I heard you you hit Nico Young with the follow on the Instagram. Yeah, there are some mind games being played here early on. He might be a little nervous now after that. That's what I figured. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, it's 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 exciting times. I'm I'm uh, very happy that I made it. And it's in Oklahoma. So Do you yeah, even know where I, that is? If I gave you a U.S. map right now, could you point out Oklahoma? No, I'm I'm being honest. No, I probably, I probably could not. Someone said it was close to Texas. I said it was close you to said Texas. It was <laughs> you only know that because I was I was showing you guys on a map. It's close to Texas. It's the bordering state. Is that you? Same? I feel like you would love Texas. I doubt that I would love Texas. <laughs> I doubt that hardly. No, yeah. Wait, it, let's get political. Do you want to? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> 350 in the mile is not fast anymore. I said it. Two collegiate kids this year just went 350 in the mile. Can you believe that? Or is that like believable? Is that crazy? Or are you like, like, do you believe that like it's a new standard? Yeah, it's a new standard. No, 
No, no, no. It's crazy. Three it's crazy? Yes. That we, we witnessed the world record indoors in the mile. That's not that far off. Yeah, but two collegiates just hit it. I know, but these collegi- these are not normal collegiates. These are professional runners in a collegiate uniform. That is true. But then there's like every week I hear of a new collegiate kid running 353, 354, 355. It does kind of feel that. But I will say, I will say uh, it feels a little bit as if people had this downtime and there was so long between races, so some people took advantage of that. Hopefully, legal legally, for the <laughs> most part. <laughs> yeah, what are, what are these stories about? Like, I've, I've heard multiple stories now of kids that run, like, 1530 in the 5K, um, like, exactly a year ago from now and then they come to their indoor conference meet and they do like a triple and they run like 13 45 uh 750 and like four flat in the mile and they're just yeah and and, and their pr like they had never run they had run multiple 5ks never had broken 1530 and suddenly they're on like a world-class level in under a year yeah we've seen some some crazy transformations but i think i think it swings both ways you see people that obviously like covid hit them pretty hard and they probably fell off a bit or even quit the sport um but then on the other on the other side i think some people just kind of took it um use the quarantine period to kind of like fully commit to something that maybe they were half in half out of them but also there there is that aspect that it was a lot of downtime and all the um, there's obviously going to be rumors about people using that to, to cheat. You obviously, as a as an athlete, can only hope that that is not the case. But um, but yeah, people have been popping off some absolute crazy. So f- for the times. most part, you think these are legit? I mean, you have to. But I, I <sighs> no, I don't think I don't think so. You don't think these are legit? Like you think well, it depends on what you're cheating? Talking. Yes, but I mean, how, cheating how? Like what are, you, are you talking about? Are you talking about dropping from fifteen something down to those yeah. runners, or are you talking about the three the three fifties and? No, no, I'm talking about the fifteens down to the. No, I don't think that. Oh, I just you I just, think I, the three fifties are cheating? Yes. I hope not. <sighs> I know. I'll no- oh, you really want to get? <laughs> Do you want to name names right now? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about any specific names. But no, I, I I think that I think the sport of track and field is always a little bit behind. I think the sport is always a little bit behind those who are cheating and they always have that advantage and i worry that the down period was their time to take advantage of of no drug testing um and again no specific like cases but i think as a joke like i did say it when we were going into quarantine that some people were about to pop off um but but again some of them if they were average and they went from being average to um you know semi-elite i think that could also that's that can just be a case of like fully committing yeah and, and we, we don't know do. their like full backstory like they could have been injured could have been getting in terrible meets could have had terrible training things yeah. like that but and, uh, let me go back to this cheating thing because <laughs> I, I now can't get off this cheating is like kind of relative sometimes because there's like straight up cheating like you're injecting stuff you're taking roids you're doing this but i, I think like the Oregon project was doing things for a while that were very unethical, but like weren't against the world anti-doping agency and, um, and like the like USATF and all these like governing bodies. It didn't explicitly go against those rules. Like there were substances that weren't banned, but like the, those governing bodies just hadn't known about those substances, substances yet. But like, 
will soon be banned. And so they were taking these substances. People have been taking these substances for a while and then they get banned and then a bunch of people like test positive. But like oftentimes when things like that happen, they get like a warning. Um, So there's things like that where there's that gray area. Then there's like getting, have you ever heard of a TUE? Uh, No. TUEs are therapeutic use exemptions, meaning that like um, a lot of people take- For drugs? Yeah, for drugs. So like- an inhaler for the steroid albuterol. Like you can get asthma in quotations and go to the doctor and say you're having trouble breathing and they'll give you the inhaler and you'll never test positive and it, you won't be like called out for cheating because you have a doctor's note. But is it legitimate? Eh. So there's there's like these gray areas in like, um, there's like substances that people were using that like on their on their own aren't illegal, but if you like inject them or take them in a certain way, it's illegal. Like you couldn't at times take like a solution through uh, IV intravenously. Like that was banned, but they were like taking this like supplement that way. So like you think these people are explicitly cheating, like they're just popping pills or you think like they're kind of bending that line of cheating. Yeah, I think think they are bending the line and... I don't know. It's always a little bit blurred. Also, just with with like modern technology and shoes and everything, it's all it's all a bit blurred. But I just think that as uh, as it currently stands, the the sport as a whole, um, cheaters get away with too much, and they can just kind of come back and and it's still a, it's still a problem that it's almost you know in some people's eyes they're willing to bend the rules because of there's not enough kind of like backlash towards that. Um, and I think that because of the down period, that was just like an opportunity, a window for some people to, to whatever you call it, bend the rules or whatever it may be. I, again, I'm not talking about any specific cases. I don't even know. Um, but you saw like with the 10Ks, the five, there was so many records being broken um, at this time when like, you know, races are hard to come by. There should be all these hurdles and people were p- performing at, a, you know, breaking world records in times that we never thought we'd be seeing. So... Um, it's a little bit hard to believe that all of it is legal, unfortunately, but um, as someone who just takes something, you know, sports very seriously, you obviously don't want to discredit anything. Um, that's just like pure speculation and you hope that everything is as legit as possible. Yeah. Okay. Last thing. Um, spikes. You think like these new spikes, what's your opinion? Because I think what's the most controversy about like the new Zoom victory spike? It's just about the technology and them. It's like, you know, because it used to be spikes and now it's with the carbon plate. You have the foam, you got the the pocket, the air pocket. So um, just the argument is that it's too much of it. It's, it's creating this like bouncy platform that propels you more for whatever. I, I mean, like, I Which think I don't if, if everyone in the field has it, I don't see a problem. It's like not like you're getting an advantage over someone else. Maybe if like the technology of it, actually, you know what? I I almost do see a problem with it now that I'm thinking of it because like now it's becoming like not a competition of the athletes, but it almost becomes a competition of like the like manufacturers and the companies, like whoever can create the best, like most performance enhancing shoe gets to promote it more and gets to sell more shoes. And it's like, if you are making the shoe that makes people like, slightly faster than other athletes that are sponsored by different companies it's almost like they're the ones in real competition but it also is unfair to like Usain Bolt ran all of his world records in regular just plain spikes without a carbon plate without a bouncy like um shock pad or without like six inches of foam so um it almost 
is like yeah. discrediting some of these other world records. What's your feeling on that? Yeah, if I was, I mean, like, if I was the retired miler looking now back, I think, you know, you'd think that the shoes itself give you like a two second, in some cases, advantage. Uh, and I think like some of the times that we're seeing for sure are because of the, the shoes and advantages in like technology and and whatnot. So I think there's no discussion. I think there's no discussion about if it gives you an advantage, but at the same time, that's kind of like, you know, societies move forward, technology advances. So do you stop that? They've they've made limits to the foam. They've done all kinds of things. And I think the biggest problem, like you said, is that um, the companies, it's a small market for athletes. So it's going to, you know, some people would almost rather sign for Nike when they were making the shoes instead of like taking more money for other it's, it's just like a difficult position because um nike dominates the market so um so some athletes will, will struggle if they are like trying to make a living but have then suffering from like worse shoes and maybe worse performances you know because yeah, of that so i, I don't agree. know it's i think that difficult. i think that's really well said um to end it you got anything else to add well just very briefly um is there any future plans for you for me um i I was in really good shape. Uh, actually, you're the second <laughs> fastest okay, miler we'll on the podcast it, now. It, it. <laughs> I actually ran 403 two months ago. You remember that, buddy? I do. I remember waking. <laughs> it's downhill. It's downhill. I remember waking up to that text. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think when I had sent you that? You thought it was real? Yeah, because I just woke up from a nap and I like had some, <laughs> I, I was like, send me the results right now. <laughs> And you got a live list of results. You got a real results list. Yeah. But so you're injured. Is there any sign of a comeback? Yeah. So I, I had that race and then I took a month off with my Achilles. And then I pretty much ran for what, like a week and a half. I w- was pretty fit and I was able to keep up with you guys. I was hurting, but like yeah. I could do some workouts and just like that really aggravated my Achilles. I also was wearing the Alpha Flies. So I was like, a foot and a half off the ground right. and I hit an ice chunk right in front of Stacy and completely blew my ankle out. That couldn't have helped my Achilles. So right now I'm on like another week and a half off. I might take like another four or five days and I really need to focus on like starting the train light again and just hopefully slowly building into things. I was just super ambitious going out there and ripping an eight mile tempo at like five thirty pace or whatever we did. So I'm just gonna just gonna try and build back slow and um hopefully like we had talked about earlier in the podcast, enter some of these like other races and maybe get into some track stuff this season. Yeah, hopefully they're like easiest to come by when you're on the comeback and and, and back in a shape, which yeah. if I know you correctly will be soon. <laughs> I appreciate it. So you're racing when? March fifteenth? Yes. And it, it for sure is on ESPN two or is Flow Trap covering it? I think both. Oh, okay. Like Perfect. Live coverage. And you're you're starting to get a little bit of a YouTube following, I see. Following in my footsteps. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Yeah. Uh would you want to tell the, the viewers how, how big I am on YouTube right now? They can look up for themselves. We're yeah, going viral. Themselves. I'm going viral. In in Japan, especially. I think fifteen hundred views from Japan with a lot of questions on my most recent video. Very hype, right? Yeah. Yeah, so but trust is trying to trying to follow suit. So check them out on YouTube. Um, I think one of the things we're trying to do at the moment is we're trying to film. I think making it to nationals is so exciting, and this podcast and that video is like 
not only are exciting for like me and you to watch and our like teammates and athletes and people here, but like everyone like in the country is kind of like nationals is so big, like only so many people make it. So um, I think other people are really going to start enjoying your content and like your content isn't, could you describe your content really quick? Um, I try and make it just a kind of like visually pleasing montages, clips of what I'm doing, which is so far because I record it myself. It's for the most part just whatever I'm doing if I'm going to the city or whatnot. But I'm gonna maybe try and make it more like uh, catered towards. Uh, it's my the two of two things that I love to do, which which is uh, run and kind of just create that kind of content. So yeah, I think you had said like vlog sixty or eighty percent like visually appealing, and then yeah. like that other 40 or 20 percent like content that's yeah. like i don't know interesting but not like visually appealing and and that's kind of like what we try and do in this podcast right exactly and it's i think like, that's good yeah all right well hopefully talk to you soon yeah now fine. signing off yeah take care <laughs> thank you take care bye-bye, bye-bye.